Hey besties, it's Cam from the internet, and if you think the sound is different, it's because it is. As some of you may or may not know, I do record at my local library, but unfortunately, as of this recording, it's currently closed because they are doing some much-needed renovations. So I made a recording studio in my sister's closet because I couldn't quite put together enough podcasts to last between when the studio will be closed and when I am out of town, because by the time you're listening to this, I will be across the country. So all of that together makes this. Hi, here we are. Today, I thought we could talk about something that I've talked about a lot on TikTok. In fact, as of this recording, the video is already posted that I'm going to reference, but I wanted to talk about friendship. Not in like, well, a little bit in the cheesy way, but like, not entirely. One of the things that I told myself and you when I started this podcast was that I wasn't going to script anything. This was mostly an arbitrary rule that I established for myself because I don't like to be contrived. I don't like to be someone I'm not. And if you follow me on TikTok, you've seen a very authentic version of myself anyway. But I'm sort of breaking that rule in today's episode because the words I'm speaking, some of them are transcribed from an audio recording that I made on my iPhone about a day and a half before the first podcast episode went live. And the reason for that is because I had all these thoughts in my brain about what I wanted to say on this particular topic of friendship. And I was genuinely concerned that I wasn't going to be able to write them down fast enough to remember them because I have brain problems. And sometimes I also believe that only the right words come to us at only one right time. And I don't know if these are the right words, but they are words that have some capacity to be right, maybe. So hopefully you can forgive me for breaking my own little self imposed rule. So I was watching a TikTok that came across my feed, and it was these three women in their upper 20s to early 30s talking about the pandemic and how the time skip that they feel over the past three years and ongoing has affected people across ages, across genders, across life stages. I mean, collectively, we've lost three plus years and we continue to lose all this time and all these experiences from 2020 on because the pandemic functionally banned us from existing in our society as we formerly knew it. And I get it because I very much did lose a lot when the pandemic started. I was 22 years old. I had plans to travel abroad. I had just gotten a passport. And I was really excited. And the pandemic isn't over, obviously. But as of this recording, I feel the three-year time skip. I'm 25 now. I've made a lot of progress in some areas of my life. I've gotten a mental health diagnosis and physical health diagnosis, two things I super didn't have. I have two businesses. I have a cat, the best little creature in the world who is really confused as to why he's not allowed in the closet. I've had lots of things go right, and I acknowledge that privilege. And I still feel the acute loss, but there's one thing the pandemic did give me that kind of ties into the story, which was that a solid group of friends. If you've been with me on TikTok for literally any length of time, you probably hear me talk about my core group of friends. I call them my second family a lot. These are people that I've known since 2020. And I want to go back to that time and place because that's just kind of where the story of friendship starts. In October 2020, I was not not doing great. (laughs) In addition to the undiagnosed mental illness and the fact that I was in a home with three people to whom I was closeted, I was also going through my first breakup. It was a very, very terrible, sucky breakup experience. And I feel like for a lot of people, especially people like me who grew up close with one of their parents, when you think about like going through your first heartbreak or your first breakup or even like the good things, your first date, your first time you get a partner, your first kiss, whatever, like you think about when you're a kid, oh, I'm going to tell my mom, I'm going to tell my dad. And 
I couldn't talk to my mom about my breakup. And that was because it wasn't with someone who was a cishet guy. And I'm AFAB. So it was kind of like, oh, well, because I'm dating someone who's not a cishet guy, I can't cry to my mom about the fact that this person hurt me and that I'm hurting. And it just was really, really sucky. But I had people around me in the queer community on a Discord server that I kind of sort of talked to. But because so many of my friends were tied up in the friend group that my ex was in, I couldn't really talk to them. So I was a moderator in the community at the time, uh, a Discord community actually built around the Locked Tomb series by Tamsin Muir. And because I wasn't able to be active in that space in good conscience because of breakup stuff, and because I was working remotely and from home because of the pandemic, um, the community of queer book nerds that I had hung out in pretty substantially was kind of close to me by my own choosing. It was very complicated. That's not what this is about. But I guess my absence in that space was noticeable. I didn't mean for it to be. But when I hosted the final event that I was hosting regularly at the time, I didn't expect people to notice that I was planning to leave. At the time, I hosted an event called PowerPoint Night, which is pretty much what it says on the tin. People would come together in the little voice channel that Discord has and they would share their screens and give presentations on whatever they wanted, really. Silly, serious, everything in between. We talked about everything at PowerPoint Night. I learned so much about so many really niche topics. It was genuinely a really cool experience. But when the breakup happened and I noticeably, I guess it was noticeable, withdrew from the community, I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to host one more PowerPoint Night because I already committed to do it and I'm just going to step back. And that PowerPoint Night was on October 3rd. 2020. Over the course of PowerPoint night, there were, as there are with a lot of events, regulars. And my policy was always, you come on out, you show up however you want to. If you want to turn your video camera on or your microphone on, you want to type in the chat, like whatever you do, as long as you're being respectful, you're fine. There were screen names that I recognized, people that I recognized. And one of them was someone that I would say I was acquaintances with. I wouldn't say we were friends because there's like different levels of intimacy in this world. But I liked them. I admired them. I was intimidated by them. They were so smart. They're so kind. They're the kind of person who clearly speaks very carefully and chooses every word carefully because they really want to do good and be kind with every syllable. They wrote beautiful fan fiction. They ship by ships, which is just fun. They were awesome. They, were, they showed up to PowerPoint night. They hung out. They talked in the chat. And this particular person never turned the camera on, never turned the mic on. And that was fine. I, I genuinely didn't care. But on that October 3rd night, I got a DM from this person, our very first DM exchange of way, way many more. And they asked me, hey, can I do a last minute PowerPoint and go dead last? And I was like, sure, go off, King. So they built a PowerPoint presentation of why I should watch the anime Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. And it was solely because, not solely, but mostly because I am a known Campal stan. Uh, this was a very interesting presentation to receive, mostly because I didn't know anything about anime, and also because I genuinely didn't know why this person had chosen that night to make that presentation. Apparently, I learned this, Fullmetal Alchemist was a pretty ubiquitous anime at the time. Like, the, the age bracket of the people present were old enough to remember when the manga of FMA was coming out, and they sure as heck remembered the anime. And so they were all like, oh, Cam, you haven't seen this? And I was kind of like, nah, man, I don't know anime. Now I know sub-anime. I've watched like three anime as of this recording. But I didn't know anything about 
well, a lot of things, but I didn't know anything about the world of anime. After that presentation, this person was like, hey, do you want to watch it now? Like, are you doing anything after PowerPoint night? And I, in my infinite wisdom, was like, well, you know, I have nothing better to do, so let's watch it. What followed was about two weeks straight of screwing up our sleep schedules. I'm talking we would meet up at 9 p.m. Eastern time and go till 2 a.m., blasting through episodes of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, all 64 of them, with me with my video camera and microphone on so everyone else could watch me live react. And that was the joy in it. For them, was watching me react to these stories, the characters, the situations they were in, everything. That was the part that humbled me immensely, was that they were so invested in my reactions. There's a whole other podcast I could make about like how I trained myself out of, I guess, effectively masking. I'm not a very emotion filled person reaction wise, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but people did want to see them. And so I trained myself to unmask the part of me that was very good at being stoic. But then also for me, the joy of getting to engage with a story at a time when I was really doing super, super bad was a gift because fandom and stories for so long have been an escape and I needed an escape like you wouldn't believe. And I later learned that the person who did pitch the idea of watching FMA made the PowerPoint like they had seen and intuited that I wasn't doing very well and like I get emotional talking about it because I did ask them at one point I was like hey why did you do that why did you make this presentation and they were like you know I didn't know you very well but I could tell that you were suffering and you were going through it and sometimes you just have to watch anime about it I am getting emotional about this because this person would go on to become one of my dearest friends this is the person who hooked me up with a doctor that helped me with my persistent hip pain. This is the person who let me stay in their house for three plus weeks when I needed to get medical treatment. When this podcast episode goes live, I will be in their house once again. Like I have cried on this person's bedroom floor. I have sat up with them at three in the morning when they're struggling through work because they were willing to choose to see me. They cultivated and helped me actively cultivate a friendship that really, really matters. And I get really emotional about it because I was, I was doing so bad, y'all. And they chose to see me and put a lot of effort that they didn't have to put into anything. And it just means a lot. Okay, I'm done being emotional for now. But back to the topic of friendship. So if you had told me at the start of the pandemic that I would exit 2023, because we're almost at the end of 2023, with this kind of friendship, I would have thought you were absolutely freaking nuts. Growing up, I had friends the way that most kids have friends. I was homeschooled because chronic illness. We're going to talk about chronic illness eventually. Don't you worry. I'm sure no one was worried. I had friends here and there. There are some people in my life that I've known for more than half of it by now that are still in my life. But like when I was in high school and college and I had friends who had other friends who had the proximity thing going on, I started to realize that there was a loss I was feeling like a lot of people that I knew had friends they could call on the phone whenever, however, for any reason. And I thought that was weird. I wasn't in that circle of intimacy with anyone. When I was in college and beyond, I was quite frankly, like so mentally ill that I would not have been a good friend for anyone. And. Uh, and here's OK, this is this all ties together, I promise Just stick with me. This is just like TikTok, I guess. But this is the part. That it's hard to talk about because I am a Christian and I try not to talk about it on the internet because I think, understandably, Christianity is a very harmful, hurtful, painful, uncomfortable topic, especially in queer spaces, because Christianity is a, a religion that's been weaponized to commit 
just countless atrocities against countless groups of marginalized, underrepresented, underserved communities. And I, I, I cannot overexpress how much I hate that and understand that. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm obviously not a far right leaning Christian. I'm just me. Like, you, you guys know me. Um, but I'm always very aware when talking about my faith that it's something that might be a hot button topic and it might be harmful. But I bring this up because one of the reasons why, when I first started talking to this friend of mine that I do reference a lot, and I know I reference them a lot, um, but one of the things about the two of our friendship is that we're both queer, chronically ill Christians, which is a really niche intersection. And that was a really like wonderful thing to have. Like, oh, okay, you understand the core tenets of my existence, right? My health, my faith practice, and my identity. It's all tied in together. And, you know, the the two of us have all of me, my friends and I have this vibe, right, where we accept each other and we love each other and we show up for each other. And I think that that's one of the most powerful things about friendship in the way that I've experienced it is there might never be like a lightning bolt moment. You know, there might never be like this moment in my life where everything makes sense and all of the suffering that I've been through with my health and my finances and my family and all the abuse I've been through has been made worth it. But at least for brief moments when I'm making jokes to my friends about how much it sucks to be 25 and unmedicated, like, it feels like there might be more. And that's the part that I wanted to talk about in terms of friendship, because I feel like, especially now, especially on the internet, and I spend a, a decent amount of time on TikTok, you all know this, but I see all these videos about friendship, and I feel like there's never enough time there's never enough brain cells for me to talk about the nuance of friendships because there's there's a creator that I love. She does the the Hello Hayes videos on TikTok. She talks about the different kinds of friends, like depending on, you know, who when you met them, the the role they play in your life, the role you play in their life, and on and on it goes. And she talks a lot about the concept of like a North Star bestie. And I did not coin this term. She did, but like the North Star bestie is the person that you turn to for advice, who isn't afraid to tell it to you straight, who you can be honest with and who is honest with you. And I would be hard pressed before the pandemic to have said that I had a North Star bestie. But now I have a whole group of them in a Discord server somewhere. And out of all the North Star besties, the northest of North Star besties is the one that I've talked about the most in this podcast. And that's because we have those shared life experiences. We're both queer, we're both chronically ill, and we're both Christians. And I think that the thing that this is by far the most like just out of control random podcast, sorry, but I, I think that the thing about those kinds of friendships, the friendships that I have with my second family, the friendships that I have with this one person in particular is there's a lot of work that goes into it. And I don't say that to glamorous. Oh, you got to put in the work. I hate when people say that, but I'm saying that you have to be intentional. And that was something that I, I truly did not understand quite frankly, before having these friendships, is that you have to be intentional about maintaining the friendship. Building a friendship so often just falls into place. If you had told me when my friend DM'd me about PowerPoint night three years ago that we would be this close, I would not have believed you because it didn't fall into place out of any contrived notions. It didn't fall into place out of any sort of pathway or series of steps that we chose to take. It fell into place very organically. 
you know, one DM every so often became a couple of DMs a week. And now we're talking pretty much every day and we see each other once a week for anime night, just the two of us because they're showing me anime and, and on and on it goes. It was a very natural falling together that took a few years to develop and it took a lot of intentionality. And that's the part about my group of friends that I believe is why there's longevity there. We still to this day have watch nights. Now, we don't blow up our sleep schedules every single night anymore, but every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, that's where I'll be, is on a Discord voice chat talking to my friends. And we're watching Legend of Korra right now because I have not seen it and they wanted to show me it. And we do that because we intentionally set aside time to talk to each other. And not everyone comes all the time, and that's okay. Um, we have a very broad age range. Um, the, the youngest member of the group is younger than my younger sister, and the oldest member of the group is mid-30s. I'm squarely in the middle at, at 25. And that's, you know, so because of that, we've got some grad students, some undergrad students, people who work, you know, weird shifts. We have people with partners who sometimes spend time with their partners. And it all works because we make it a priority to be present in the ways that we can. And we understand when we can't be present or others can't be present. And there's no bad blood. There's no hard feelings because we've all put in the work of three years of knowing each other. I'm recording this on October 4th and October 3rd. Yesterday was our three-year anniversary. And the messages in the group chat made me very emotional because it's not just like I worried when this first started was like, oh, you know, everyone's coming together just because I'm here. They're not going to form their own friendships. It's going to be really weird. But no, everyone has their own dynamic and friendships in ways that have nothing to do with me. And that's really, really nice. This is just a group of people who love each other very much and choose to love each other very much. And it all comes down to doing the work. There's also, and I, I don't really know how to talk about vulnerability without sounding really cheesy. So just know that no matter what words I end up using, all of this does genuinely come from my heart which also sounds cheesy. Anyway, so I am not, I'm good at vulnerability to a point. I, because I was raised homeschooled, I never really had like beaten into me this contrived knowledge of like not showing emotion, being the tough girl, getting made fun of at school for being sensitive. I never had any of that. However, I did have a lot of medical trauma and was pretty much raised to be told that like my body was a sack of meat for diagnostic purposes and if you're not feeling well, you can't take that out on anyone else because it's not their fault you're having a bad day, which I do agree with to a point. But on and on it goes. So I was very good at emotional repression just in very niche ways. But one of the ways that that showed up is that all of the ways that I operated within friendships were based around doing whatever I could to make them comfortable, often not at the expense of myself, but often at the expense of me showing up as my like actual authentic, vulnerable self, which sounds like such a line, but you know what I mean, right? Like, I would go to church, I would talk to my friends, I would go to dance, I would talk to my friends, and it would be, it would feel very surface level because I didn't know how to unlock the parts of me that could actually be, like, vulnerable and be me, and I would come out of that interaction being like, hmm, that wasn't my best work, but I don't know how to fix it. And lo and behold, it just, part of it was getting older, I think, you know, when you're 13, like everything sucks because you're 13 <laughs> when I'm 25 now and like things suck. But that's not because I'm 13. It's because I'm 25 and unmedicated. <laughs> but like, that's the thing. I trained myself in vulnerability and it took practice. It took a lot of practice. And honestly, I think getting back to the origin story of this podcast, I truly believe that being on TikTok helped me because on TikTok, I made an active decision to be 
authentic. I don't use filters. I don't put makeup on. I talk about whatever I want to talk about. I don't script things. I don't, you know, contrive them for virality. In fact, the one time my TikTok went viral, it was so embarrassing. But I didn't do anything. I just showed up and people like me. And that's really cool and flattering and kind of terrifying. But it was kind of the same thing with my friendships. Because my second family and I met at a time when I was just at the lowest of the lowest I could possibly be, they were under no illusion of what I was like. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that I bled my trauma all over the place and I bled my emotions all over the place. But there comes a point when you are, and I hope that not everyone can relate to this, but I'm sure a few of you can, that there comes a point when you're just, you're so deep in the hole of your own suffering that you cannot hide the fact that you're in the hole anymore. And that's where I was. Like, I was noticeably not well. And the thing about being in a, in a Discord video chat with people every day for two weeks straight is they could see my face. They could tell that I wasn't doing well. They could tell if I wasn't sleeping because I'm chronically ill and there are no face filters on Discord. And those two things mean that if my body is not happy, it is obvious on my face, on my skin, under the bags, under my eyes. Like, it was just obvious. And all those things together, coupled with my active choice to just kind of give up and not care, not in the sense of like, oh, I'm not going to show up as the best version of myself that I can be. But it's more of like, you know, I'm not going to put on a, up a front. And if they don't like it, they can leave. And I think that turned out okay. <laughs> but it was a very active decision to do the work, to be vulnerable, to build friendships that felt, felt good, felt organic. No, that felt like, you know, I was investing in something that mattered instead of just ticking a box of, oh, yes, I have friends. I think it's the anxiety. You know, I, I struggle sometimes with whether or not I'm giving back the same amount of good that the people in my life have given me in terms of a friendship. But I've been told I have, and so I have no choice but to agree with that. And I want to, I want to close this podcast about friendship with something that I've thought about at an example. And I don't, I'm not, this is, I'm not good at segues. I ran out of a script for this forever ago. Sorry, besties. But Okay, I think that we as a society place too much emphasis on the sanctity of romantic relationships and not enough on the sanctity of platonic relationships. The people in my life have set the bar so incredibly high for anyone that I end up dating that it's going to be difficult, not impossible, but difficult to meet it. And I think some of that is maybe I just have low standards. I don't know. But in keeping with how I met these people in the wake of a breakup, I want to tell the story of how I realized that friendships could sometimes transcend the bounds of what I thought was just for partners. So I'm chronically ill, as you know, and I was going to see a doctor in California, which is where one of my really close friends, North Star Besties, lives. And they told me, hey, I think you should go see this doctor that I saw because your hip is killing you and it hasn't gotten better. For context, since 2019, I'd been living with severe hip pain and no ultrasounds, no MRIs, no x-rays could find anything wrong. It turned out that my brain had, probably because of the intense mental load that I was under in 2019, um, my brain had given up it and had stopped talking to some of the muscles in my right hip, which was causing excruciating pain because my body was fighting really, really hard to keep the muscles and the, the joints, tendons, bones where they should be. But when you don't have muscles to, you know, like do their job, it's really hard. So the other thing to know about me is that I have a lot of medical trauma, like a lot. I have an instant PTSD response every time I walk into a doctor's office because that's what happens when you're 
Chronicleos and Spirth. But anyway, so those two things combined matter. I go to California. This is the second time that I've ever hung out with this person in real life. And it was actually this time last year that that happened. I was in their house this time last year. And I'm staying with them. And, you know, I'm preparing for this doctor's appointment, which my friend had warned me would probably be four hours because this guy was really, really thorough. And they lived about an hour and a half away from where the doctor was. And so I'm preparing the night before to go to the doctor. And as far as I knew, I was borrowing their car and driving down. And then it became, oh, no, my friend's parent with whom they live was going to also need to go into the city. So could they drive me? And I was like, yes, of course, it's your car. Of course you can drive me. And so, you know, my friend is in the doorway of the guest room and I'm, you know, packing up all my stuff. And I was like, oh, so you're going to enjoy the house to yourself like while I'm gone. And they were like, no, 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 I'm coming with you. And I was kind of just like, why are you doing that? Because I had been very used to going to doctor's appointments alone. I stopped really having someone in the room with me at doctor's appointments when I was a teenager and became my parents' medical advocate. At that point, they stopped advocating for their child and I started having to advocate for them. And this was something that I had known before this interaction that had deeply perturbed my friend. My friend's parents act as their medical advocate when they can't. They have always been a medical advocate for them. And it just, it really frustrated them that I never had that from from probably age 16 on. And so I look at them and I'm like, why are, why are you, you're coming with, like, what are you going to do for, for four hours? Like, really? Do, are you also seeing the doctor? And And they were like, and I will never forget this. They looked at me and they said, I'm going to bring a book and I'll either sit in the waiting room or I'll come back there with you, whatever you're comfortable with. But I was never just going to leave you there. And I'm not a crier, despite how it might sound in this particular episode, but I did almost burst into tears straight up because I had never been on the receiving end of the strong, silent type of love, the type that my friend has extended to me many times before and many times since. It's the whole I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you thing. And them with their own chronic fatigue, their own medical issues and trauma, and all of this stuff, willing to sacrifice sleep and time to sit with me at a doctor's office and be there with me. I know to them it was not a big deal. Like, yeah, it was nothing. Like, happy to do it. But to me, it meant a lot. Because I had grown up thinking and being told that the only person ever willing to do that for me would be a spouse, would be a partner, maybe. But for sure, like a spouse, yes, but maybe a partner. Like maybe if you were dating someone, they'd go back there with you is like the attitude that I was always getting. And instead, here's this friend, this person that I had at the time known for about two years, just being like, yeah, I'm coming back with you. Like, of course I am. I'm not going to leave you there. And that was just a profoundly stunning experience because for the first time I was like, oh, this is what friendship should be. A conscious decision to show up for the people that you love without pretense, without exchange, just doing it because you love them enough to do it. And I have ever since then had my brain fundamentally rewired around the concept of what friendship is and could be and should be. And that's the kind of friend that I strive to be for other people. And I hope that if you're listening to this and you don't have a friend like that, that you are blessed enough one day to do it or lucky enough or however you want to put it. Because simply by choosing to be actively vulnerable... (laughs) And simply, I guess, by choosing to run a PowerPoint night and watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, then you get this. You get you get a group of friends. I guess it's called equivalent exchange. That's an FMA joke. Hopefully someone gets it. Anyway, yeah, that's friendship. That's my thoughts on friendship for the day. When you're listening to this, I will be in 
my friend's house. So hopefully you like it and you think well of me in these times because I will be going to doctor's appointments. Yay! As always, thank you for listening to this random conglomeration of words I call a podcast. You can hit me up on TikTok anytime at Hello Cameo. That's all one word. It'll be in the episode description of wherever you're listening to this. I'm always open to episode suggestions, and pretty soon I'm going to be opening up a guest form. So if you want to be a guest and talk to me for a half an hour about whatever you want to talk to me about, there'll be info on that on TikTok. So feel free to hit me up there and leave a comment there if you have episode requests. You know, just talk to me. We're, we're all just people. We all just talk to each other. But until next week, thank you for hanging out with me. Make good choices, et cetera, et cetera. And thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>